0: you're watching this society basically devalue some of their top scientists because of their gender and it's kind of horrifying.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Stone Municipal Library's podcast, All Booked, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And
2: Chasley is here to talk about Goldilocks, not the original... Not the three bears, yeah. <laughs> I well, I don't
0: know. Are there three there might bears? Be bears? There are not three bears. okay. Yeah. There are was there a little any disappointment. bears? Not enough bears.
1: Not okay. enough bears. Not <laughs> negative. Negative. Bears.
0: negative. It's Goldilocks by Laura Lamb. It is actually a science fiction, so if there were bears in there... That could be really interesting. This <laughs> book came out in 2020, and that actually becomes important here in just a minute. I just read it this year, but as soon as I read it, I was like, "How have I not heard about this? Like everywhere." Mm-hmm. It was it was so shocking to me. It's described as the Martian meets the Handmaid's Tale.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: so just take that in for a second. <laughs> just think about it. Think about it okay so 2020 it was written before covid and published just after we had our first major shutdown in the u.s it's really noticeable in the book because when she's talking about like major outbreaks that the world has dealt with she lists like smallpox and flu and polio and aids and then she skips ahead to these futuristic dis- diseases that are part of like the story's world yeah and so like even though it's not a covid book it's still like that, that it, it automatically jumps out at you yeah, yeah you're automatically like, like you, forgot COVID. <laughs> yeah, you forgot covid when was this book published that's that was exactly when mm-hmm. I, I checked but At the same time she does a great job of showing how it would be like all of like the finger pointing and politics and that initial fear when people didn't understand what the diseases were and how they worked Mm -hmm. all of that felt like really disturbingly familiar yeah
2: i was about to ask yeah
0: (laughs) but it's not a plague book it's a book about this society where women are being pushed out of the public sphere and out of politics and out of careers all in the name of religion also felt a little familiar and these group of women have been training as astronauts until NASA kicks them off their mission and replaces them with dudes but but their mission is actually the really important part so climate change and overpopulation have caught up with us despite, like, birth restrictions and all of the stuff we tried too late to do. And what's really interesting is that, like, different copies of the book have different taglines on the cover. So one of them says Goldilocks, the Earth is no longer in the habitable zone. (laughs) Which is not scientifically accurate, but really paints a picture of what's happening. And if you don't know, like, the Goldilocks zone, when you're talking about space, is, like, a place where the planet is neither too hot or too cold. It's not too close to the sun or too far away. You're not crispy, you're not Not, Pluto. (laughs) Not crispy not pluto and so but anyway i just i, I loved that i really liked how that kind of played in there so anyway they found this other planet they call cavendish and it seems habitable humanity has like sent out like the probes and all of the information haven't landed there yet But we've managed to make these wormholes in space, not close to the Earth, because, you know, caution. (laughs) Because wormholes. That allow us to travel to other parts of the universe. But this is the first mission that's actually intended to set down on the planet. And these women have been robbed of that opportunity. So they do a very Goldilocks thing. They say, this ship is just right. And they take it. Nice. Yes. I mean,
2: was the goal to ultimately populate that planet? Wouldn't they need both like genders
0: like like there I, I believe like there are ships being built okay. for a massive amount of people but you this needed is to like scout a five yeah. person ship yeah, yeah like that's all that's gonna fit but but yeah <laughs> also something to take into consideration the ringleader is valerie black she's a multi billionaire who's financed a lot of the research to get us to this point where they can send a ship to cavendish but the book is t- told from the perspective of her surrogate daughter whose name is naomi lovelace she is the ship's botanist now take just another moment Knowing me as long as you have had, this is a woman who lives on a spaceship and gets to play with plants all day. Can you even <laughs> begin to understand how jealous, like achingly jealous of this? The fictional only character. thing that
1: would make it better is if she also could time travel.
0: If she could time travel and <laughs> or had bring had birds. birds. Yeah, that's birds. <laughs> I do so close to being the perfect novel. But also, what's good about this book is that you really want them to make it. Like you want them to succeed from everything else that they've already been through. Every time there's like there was some algae that, that they use as an air filter and it got contaminated, contaminated. contaminated and i found i was just sitting there holding my breath like waiting for everything to work out okay for them i was like oh my gosh i won't tell you how it ends but it does end really beautiful i don't think that there's a sequel like Mm -hmm. it seems to wrap up pretty well but if there was or like an adjacent novel or anything like that I would definitely be reading it. One of the really fun quotes is for she says everyone had grown used to giving orders to pleasant voiced feminine robots. Alexa, Siri, Sophia, Sage do this for me. A perky okay and your wish was her command. They'd all been doing it for years before women started realizing the men in their lives had been conditioned to do the same for them and by then it was too late.
1: Here's the thing. (laughs) I recently was telling someone we were talking about the ai voices and i as a joke but kind of not as a joke said that i only use the male ai voices as an attempt to (laughs) work against the patriarchy and someone laughed at me and i was like no think about it like all of the assistants started as female voices for a reason right because people were like that's the job women do right no no a, a handsome-sounding British man is going to tell me. Oh, how to I get always where I wanted a go. grumpy,
0: like, real gruff <laughs> that would backtalk me when yeah. I would give it. I don't know why. But but <laughs> I, I also downloaded the British guy version of Siri, um, yes. and I, I'm like, he's my butler. Like, that seems like yeah, <laughs> that, that, that a seems fancy wrong. butler. <laughs> he gets paid for his job. Don't worry. Right? Yeah. If I'm going to be bossing somebody around, it's not going to be a nice young woman. It's going to be yeah. an old British dude. <laughs> Poor twenty-year-old <laughs> Sheila right? who just started working here. <laughs> I'm like, take some time off, honey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I also like that
1: this seems. It seems like the the author really likes science as well. Like just from the name drops in there, I was googling because I heard Cavendish, and I was like, that's that's like a a historical like science it's when science used to be natural philosophy (laughs) he was like a scientist ish person and then you said uh noemi lovelace and i was like
0: oh my god you have so many like name
1: drops in here she actually
0: (laughs) points that out in the book about like how she she doesn't know for sure but likes to believe that she's a descendant of ada lovelace that would be nice
2: (laughs) so do you think then that this new transplanted society, when it happens, is going to be plagued by the same issues that they're fleeing.
0: So that's actually something they discuss at length in this story. They're like, do we, I mean, like we're in this position sort of of power now. And do we block or do we vet who comes here? Do we, you know, do what we can to destroy this so that nobody else can come? And maybe we have a chance of, I don't know, smuggling some sperm aboard or something. I don't know. But <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like that, you're know, like, are we not just going to turn around and do the same thing to Earth? And this is definitely something they struggle with.
1: Yeah. Do the same thing in many ways, like take advantage of natural resources because you're like, there's so many, it'll never stop. But also just like naturally get into this power dynamic that just feels like it just it just happens in so many places. And then even when it's corrected and it feels like generations have been removed from it it still just starts like slowly slanting. It's like when you you have like one shoe that is like a little off from the other one and you're just like, or a table. You keep putting stuff under the table, but it keeps getting smushed down and you're just like, I keep trying to fix this table, but it keeps messing up the same way. <laughs> I should just throw out the table and get a new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Men keep standing on it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Men just keep <laughs>
1: sitting on the table. <laughs> I don't know why we have chairs. <laughs> oh, well, that I feel like that devolved a little bit. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh,
0: it's all part of the story. Yeah, <laughs> It is Martian meets The Handmaid's Tale. Yes. I mean, there is definitely that issue of, mm-hmm. and, and, and to be really, like, fair. Not all of the women in the story are good guys and not all of the men in the story are bad guys. Yeah. But I do want to point that out because there is a tendency that some of us have to go just one way.
2: Is most yeah. of the story set like in transit or yeah most okay. of
0: the story is them in space so it's the, just the five okay. yeah five I think five women okay. and are they in communication with Earth this whole time yes have in they bits kind and of pieces like so there's like the official like them being like oh my gosh we're gonna shoot you down if you don't bring that back and then the women on the sh- ship being like Haha, we're scientists we know you don't have that technology then they also have some like covert operatives that, uh, back on Earth mm-hmm. who are keeping them informed of like how things are going there Yeah, um, which is really fascinating Because when you have like an official line of communication and an underground line of communication, you have to work out that, yeah, where where that actually meets.
1: Yeah. Especially, I imagine the ship was very expensive. So even if they did have the technology, I'd be like, oh, yeah, sure, you're going to shoot down. We're qualified to do the mission you want. So maybe we should just do it. Right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: And they didn't have like another, like an an extra backup. You're right. Yeah, my backup, multi billion dollar spaceship. (laughs) Definitely.
1: (laughs) Now, oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask how it rated as far as, like, sci-fi books, because I know you've read a lot recently, just in general. How did this feel as, like, a sci-fi story?
0: I thought it made a really good sci-fi story, because you are, once you're up there in space, dealing with all of, like, the details Mm -hmm. of space survival. So, like, you have, like, this very social story of, like, you know, their relationship with Earth and their relationships with each other, and that's all great, but you're also dealing with, oh, hey, if we don't keep the ship running correctly, we're all going to die.
2: Yeah. Do you ever hear from... 'Cause it sounds like there had been a male crew that was supposed to take over. Yeah. Do you hear from their perspectives at
0: all? No, not directly. <laughs> you hear some rumors, some grumblings. But no, it's all the the big dudes in charge who are, you okay. know, who yeah. are talking about it. And are the people
1: in their network, is this like a formal thing? Have they like planned this and they were going to do it and they have spies? Or is it just kind of they did it and then some people down there were like reaching out like, hey, by the way,
0: (laughs) just I I support what you do. (laughs) So that's actually one of the really interesting parts. Valerie Black, the ringleader, is she has masterminded this all like down just to the very details Mm -hmm. and so you actually get both of that you get one side of it where everything has been planned out and then everybody else has been like recruited to help her but they have no idea like the detail that she has put into making this possible and so that you kind of uncover that as you go along like she's even when the ship was designed she had an override and so like they i mean like there's she was like i i know the way that the political wind is blowing i'm going to make sure that i cannot be kept out of this
2: Mm mm-hmm Ooh. All right, that's yeah. all I can think of to yes. ask.
0: Recommendations? I would recommend this to anybody who likes the Lady Astronaut so- series by yeah. Mary Robinette Cowells. <laughs> very kind of It's the writing isn't similar but the vibe is kind of similar. Yeah. Also anybody who likes Becky Chambers because you're, you're Oh, just, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about the whole time. <laughs> and anybody who likes to see a bunch of kickass women really get the upper hand.
2: <laughs> Does it feel as dark as Handmaid's Tale?
0: No, that's but it definitely it, it definitely feel some like you know you're you're watching this society basically devalue some of their top scientists because of their gender and it's kind of horrifying yeah, yeah. well <laughs> on that note <laughs> i wish i had a joke to tell
2: all right well thank you so much for bringing us an astounding sounding science fiction title and stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations
1: bye